Welcome to the Shred with Science podcast with your host, Dr. Chris Spearman, one of the world's leading online fitness coaches and expert in metabolic correction and a global cover model. Chris delves deep into the most up-to-date scientific literature to provide you with the tools you need to live a healthy, enjoyable, and educated lifestyle. You guys know I love a Q&A. At least the last few have been quite interesting, to be honest, because as I've mentioned, maybe some of you have listened, maybe some of you haven't, but some of the last few episodes have been deep diving into some of the questions that are students on one of our higher level programs have asked over the last few months actually over the last maybe three weeks four weeks the last month or so and of course every person on our program has 24-hour support so they will get these answered however there's a large number of those that had some let's say considerations around not just for these individuals specifically but it would depend on the person and I want to flesh these out in a little bit more detail so every single one of you can see the perspective of where the thought comes from some of these questions there it's a complete mix I haven't selected any I'm literally diving into some of the frequently asked questions that we're getting so it's completely uncensored I'm being completely honest with you so um, we've assorted some of the more important ones and I'm going to dive in I'm going to pick them out I'm going to see what you guys think let's go let's straight in so my heart rate doesn't get very high during my strength sessions does that mean that I'm not pushing myself enough so great question a few things to consider firstly we need to define a few things well you'd need to define pushing yourself for example You can push yourself in terms of, say, um, vigorous exercise, which would have a serious implication on your heart rate. You could push yourself in terms of an extremely heavy load for a a few number of reps. That doesn't necessarily mean that your heart rate will go up drastically. On the flip side of the coin, you could just be incredibly fit and your heart rate doesn't go up a certain amount but you've also said it doesn't get very high so everyone's heart rate will have you know heart rate variability for sure so what that means and you've probably heard the hrv before is the variability between your lowest or your highest heart rate and the goal here is that we want to increase the variability between your resting or let's say very low heart rate and as high as it may go depending on how vigorous you can be in say bouts of exercise or whatever maybe running away from tigers or lions or whatever we would have done before the reason this is important is your control and your ability to have a well-rounded well-balanced body and and we we talk about this when it comes to say uh let's say nutrients flexibility or metabolic flexibility when it comes to utilizing fats as a very good say fuel source when we need to but then also then being able to switch and integrate carbohydrates when we need to your heart rate variability is is a gift to be able to go from a very low heart rate and control it to go quite high when you need to do something but more importantly to bring it back down to go from a parasympathetic to a sympathetic state 
is really important and I think it's massively overlooked and the benefits of that can be huge. So you could just be very fit. Um, I would suggest, now I know the individual obviously, so, but generally if someone was to ask this, my suggestion would be that, well firstly we would have to ask, well what are your primary goals? Because if your primary goal has nothing to do with say losing body fat, then you increasing your heart rate won't be as important. If your goal is lipolysis or primarily fat burning, then your heart rate or your heart rate when you are training is going to be, I would say, considerably more important because you want to try and keep that relatively elevated and therefore your ability to um, burn fat or for lipolysis to happen, the oxidation of, of fat cells, triglycerides, in the mitochondria of the cell, the inner membrane of the mitochondria, that is drastically increased by an increased heart rate, of course. So, however, if you, you've said strength sessions, um, it's interesting that you said strength sessions because that's not surprising then that it would be during your strength sessions. Now, you didn't say resistance training sessions or your gym sessions or your weight sessions, you said strength sessions. So that actually gives me a little bit more information. Some of you can say I'm reading between the lines, but I think I'm being pretty precise with my assumptions here. If you were to say strength sessions, well, that means that there's a focus on strength. And therefore, as I mentioned at the start of this question, that the focus here is probably, say, building muscle or increasing strength, right? Makes sense. And therefore, your heart rate doesn't necessarily need to increase or be drastically elevated if your goal is strength. Now, it goes without saying that if you're lifting a large amount of weight or you increase the amount of weight that you're lifting, that your heart rate will increase, right? So <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty obvious to a degree, but you also want to make sure that, you know, it's not, it's not your primary focus. It would be a default of what you're doing and of course lifting heavier weights going to cause it to happen great next question so literally going through these there's a mixed bag and i think that's really important that you see that um here's the next one how frequently should i do abs and core i feel like i need some extra work there so firstly when you say i feel like i need some extra work there i think it's important to identify whether you mean you're looking well so i'm assuming that you mean you would like more definition there now here's the thing the definition is there to a degree but it's you'll probably have a higher level of fat deposits over your abdominal structure or your abs than you would like and if that's the case then it doesn't matter how much core or ab work you do you're not going to see the definition per se until the body fat comes down so I cannot stress this enough, and I don't want to sound like, you know, a cliche, broken record, but it's, you could have the best abs in the world, but you won't see them if your layer of body fat over that is higher than it should be. Then we cannot um, spot reduce fat deposits whatsoever. It, it just can't happen. So you doing extra ab work is going to burn just as much fat on the back of your leg than it is on your abs and depending on your hormonal say 
predeposition, you doing more abs can actually burn more fat on the back of your hamstring than your abs. But that's not dictated by the exercise that you're doing. That's dictated by the, I'm not going to go into it, but the the hormonal profiling that you have within within your body and where your deposits are naturally. So you need to be aware of that first and foremost, because you doing abs and core, it won't, won't do much for that. Okay, now let's say doing your abs and core they're two very different things so let's let, let's be let's be precise here your abdominals or your abs are the say six pack or, or eight pack depending on your muscle architecture that's not the same as core stability or core strength so when we talk about your core that's generally speaking some of the muscles uh, let's say within the abdomen that hold your trunk in place as well as the abdomen for sure but the muscles that are controlling the core part of your body they're not the same thing a lot of exercises can do both but you need to be so what i would say is if your goal is core strength and core stability that is a very different protocol than increasing let's say definition of your abdominals Now, if your goal is core stability, then body fat doesn't really matter drastically to that at all. You just need to improve your core stability by doing some core exercises. And secondly, if it's your abdominals you want to work, well, do, but you need to make sure that your body fat's low enough or else all of that work is wasted. When it comes to how frequently, it will depend on both of which, well, which of those two are you looking for? And then thirdly, well, the answer could be it doesn't really matter if your body fat's too high so of course every single one of you listening to this the goal is that i will i'm kind of breaking down my thoughts on the question and you should be able to based on the the perspectives that i give answer what the say what what it would be for you in one of these scenarios hope that's useful cool Next question. Uh, this is what I wanted to to touch on. So this was one that I saw earlier. And is there a target weight that I should aim for? What would be a good benchmark figure for my size and height? So this I love this question because and and it's very often well it's more it's more obvious that this would be a question that a female would ask. Of course, we've got some female clients within the Bikini Model Academy. So, so we've got uh, you know a, a separate branch that's Bikini Model Accelerator, Bikini Model Academy for our female students. And this is a question that gets asked by men and women, but primarily by women because they seem to be more fixated on the weight and what a benchmark figure for their size and, and size and height should be. And it's really difficult to say because no one has the answer um, and nobody is the same. So, well, let's be practical. If your goal is to burn body fat, then your goal is to get a little lighter. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't want to build muscle and therefore you may want to increase the weight. So you need to ask yourself that question. So primarily, I would ask, is your goal to burn body fat or to build muscle, i.e. glutes, back, shoulders, whatever it may be, depending on, on who you are in male and female and whatever is important for you? If the answer is, I primarily would like to burn body fat, 
then it would be logical that your goal would generally be to lose that body fat and probably hold on to whatever muscle that you have and therefore the only way you would be able to do that is by decreasing your body weight so you could want to recomp which means that you want to improve the fullness the glycogen saturation in your glutes and your hamstrings whatever it may be whilst losing body fat and maybe stay around roughly the same weight but recompositioning your body to increase a little bit of muscle mass and decrease body fat and that is possible in a large number of scenarios to a point in terms of looking at your height and weight one thing i will say and this goes for men also very seldom we will have someone who comes to us and say I would love a six pack and I think I have about eight pounds to lose. Now, the truth is, it is very often not eight pounds, it's 38 pounds. Because the truth is, and I've been there, we've all been there, you don't often realize how much weight needs to come off for you to be as lean as you think. Because very often the first five to 10 pounds that you would lose, generally speaking, glycogen, water, a little bit of body fat, a little bit of interest, um, subcutaneous water, which is the water that is kind of held, let's say, in, in between fat deposit sores or skin, or skin layers. And generally speaking, you, as silly as it sounds, there's probably, when you start at least, there's probably a lot of food in your GI tract that probably is more dense than the food that you would be when you start to diet. And therefore, you lose a lot more weight than you realize quite quickly, but it's very seldom body fat that you lose immediately. So then when you start to drop body fat, well, you start to also drop body fat that is, well, fat deposits from around your organs that you don't even know exist, then you start to decrease your calories and your carbohydrates and you start to decrease your glycogen stores, i.e. your stores of glycogen within your muscle. For every gram of glycogen that you lose, you lose close to three grams of water from within the muscle cell, so you're losing weight there, and you're hoping that you're losing some body fat at the same time. So what you start to realize is that you've lost a stone and you still have an enormous amount of body fat still left to go. This is important and I'm saying this not to be disheartening. I'm saying this to prepare you that that is normal. Okay, that is normal. And it's not unusual under these circumstances that that would just be a great start to a program. But that you, that shows you that you are progressing in the right direction and yes there's maybe a little bit more to go than you realize but that is great that you've managed to lose that weight in the first place so i think that's really important to address because it's something that we we, we don't it, it's it's disheartening for us to see people who are like oh my god i thought i thought i would be shredded by now and it's like well you've lost an enormous amount of weight so let's just keep going let's just focus on that because you're going in the right direction I think that's really important. So it goes without saying, you, if you're listening to this, you're interested in building muscle. I'm jumping in real quick to let you know that there is a free hypertrophy guide in the bio, in the description of this episode. I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm here to give you as much free information as possible. Down below, 
go to covermodelhypertrophy.com, click the link, download our guide, have a look at some of the videos. You'll go through maybe a 10-part video series over the next week or so that will help you or at least give you some of the main considerations that are involved in building muscle. Down below, click the link or go to covermodelhypertrophy.com. Here we go. If the almonds become an issue, I eat cravings, any thoughts on what I should sub them out with my day off? What are your thoughts on incorporating oatmeal for breakfast onto both my on and off workout days? So let's dissect this a little bit. So the reason, say, almonds becoming an issue in relation to cravings is more that it, they're quite tempting. Almonds are nice, they're often salted, and they're one of those things that they come in a generally a big bag, which means that it's hard to put them down, right? And that's that's not unusual. So the goal in a scenario like this is to maybe if you have nuts, for example, is to segregate them out into separate bags or hide them. Um, but they can be a really, really useful fat source, energy source throughout the day as a snack but the ability to over snack on them is quite high. So you need to make sure that you're at least aware of that and mitigating that as much as possible for obvious reasons. Cool. And then the second part of the question is, um, what should I sub them out with on my day off? And the truth is, well, it, it would depend. Now, of course, on your day off, you would say, let's say your day off training or resistance training, you actually may be eating very often more calories and that's normally the plan. However, you it would depend on when you are hungry, craving, or you need more energy. And if it's your training day, you would generally lean towards maybe uh, foods that are a little bit higher in carbohydrates, a little bit lower in fats, and really try and recover from that workout. Then it says, what are your thoughts on incorporating oatmeal for breakfast onto both my on and off workout days? Now, again, as I just mentioned, it is more likely that you will have, say, carbohydrate rich or oats or something like that on a day in which you have resistance training. Now, it's unclear from what you, I know this student in particular, this client in particular, um, who, I mean, he, he runs... He runs a financial firm in Long Island, New York. So um, really, really cool guy, really nice guy. And um, it's he's training in the morning. So this oatmeal is immediately post-workout. Now, the question is the thoughts then on incorporating it into that meal when there is no training or on his uh, off workout days. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But the reason that it would be integrated there for for a scenario like this would be that they can recover quickly efficiently to you know to, to, to the best degree that you would want post-workout with getting glucose into the bloodstream you know saturated glycogen source at least to, to the amount that we can that doesn't mean that you can't have that on a on a day where you're not training but it would be preferential generally to try and keep your carbohydrates for your workout times and days but something like oatmeal is still a great alternative even on your rest days so it would depend on the individual cool 
Is it fine to eat a lot of times, six to eight during the day? Now imagine that. We've got people losing weight, an enormous amount of weight, and they're asking, is it really okay for, for me to be eating this many meals? The answer is yes. Um, one thing I think that's that's good to touch on here is the misconception that you should graze during the day isn't going to, let's say, prevent you from becoming hungry. And very often it can do the opposite. Sometimes you need a big meal to actually satiate your leptin and ghrelin levels. At the end of the day, calories to a degree are calories, let's say, especially if they're the same calories. And you need to think, well, I don't know about you guys, but if I'm snacking all day, then I'm just continuing to snack. And from a psychological point of view, I don't want to be eating six or eight times a day often. This individual is eating so much food because we've managed to get this client up to an enormous amount of food so that they're still losing weight and we're really feeding this client's metabolism. We're really integrating an enormous amount of healthy but good carbohydrates to allow this individual to continue to lose body fat and he's looking pretty shredded um early 50s really lean and still building tissue post-workout so we're really trying to get those calories in with the student and um i think that's something that is very individualized but obviously a great problem to have let's see i've started intermittent fasting and this is optimal for fat loss. Sorry, as this is optimal for fat loss, does this support my goals and the program design? So it isn't optimal for fat loss. It may be optimal for fat loss for you, but that doesn't mean that it's optimal for fat loss for everybody. So I think it's important to address that. So it is optimal for fat loss considering various things. So for example, this individual doesn't eat between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. Now, that, that that's great, that's optimal for fat loss, but you could be eating a circus after five and someone else could be eating less calories and doing more cardio and they're, they're losing significantly more fat than you. However, for you, so I'm only correcting you because it's important that when I read something like that, people people make their own decisions and what works for them. I agree with you. Um, it, when I agree with you, intermittent fasting works also for me. But not everyone can can go, you know, nine hours without eating during the day. I can, you can, and for those who can see value in that, because for example, with this individual, they will have a small breakfast in the morning. Nine to five while they're at work, they will not eat at all. And they'll have a pretty decent meal in the evening and maybe a snack before bed. And they've what they've done is they've mitigated or removed a massive window of their day where they're unable, i.e. not eating. And therefore, there's only so much food you can have in, in a short window. And they can eat a larger amount of food and enjoy their food in the evening and still have an enormous amount of calories left over. So... I think it's great. So does this support my goals? And yes, it does. And the program design? Yes, it does. However, it just needs to be prefaced on making sure that it's right for you. It isn't always and won't always be for everybody to do that. And some people, for example, will intermittent fast and let's say they will go, they won't eat until the afternoon. Not everyone can do that. 
for a lot of you that's great for some of you that is really challenging so i think that's that's something we need to look at and this one this is i'm gonna i'm gonna give you this one how can i eat all my calories i find it so difficult each day now the truth is as i mentioned before with the last student is once you are able to integrate enough food in in the right places with doing the right activity getting your step count up sleeping well you know hydrating well living a fulfilled life you'll be very surprised how much food that your body actually can eat and consume without putting on body fat and actually losing body fat along the way so this is something i think that is massively overlooked now we obviously have an enormous amount of strategies we use a lot of you know um, carbohydrate integration techniques insulin sensitivity protocols that allow you to get the biggest bang from your buck of carbohydrates so we're using carbohydrates as a fuel source essentially stoking your fire in in terms of let's say carbohydrate metabolism and allowing your body to utilize those glucose molecules and that sugar and that glycogen to refuel your your muscle cell your muscle size um and obviously using uh, as i've mentioned before in some other podcasts cell volumization and an integration of carbohydrates and water of course electrolytes to get a good recovery strategy in place and therefore the bigger the muscle mass or the increase in glycogen i.e cell volumization and muscle mass the higher your basal metabolic rate's going to be naturally that's just obvious and everyone knows that it's there's no there's no there's no crazy science there that's that's very well known so by increasing your muscle mass you therefore can have more calories throughout the day and stay in a deficit but if you're eating a larger amount of food you're able to walk around a little bit more you're more active you're not like a zombie and then you're burning even more calories by walking around and being full and high on life with foods that you like of course so it is not rocket science people i promise you of course you need incredible guidance from anyone from us from other people whoever you resonate whoever you vibe with but you also need someone who can take a look and go listen this is what you're doing zip it trust me give it a go i will prove to you that this works now everybody's individual everybody's programs individualized but a lot of the scientific premise remains consistent we of course have people who are vegan vegetarians who people who don't like carbs people who are keto and we we tailor uh, all of the processes that we have to the individual Um, but i think that's a good one to end on as always hope you guys are having an awesome day stay safe any questions of course hit us up in the facebook group have an amazing one peace time is our most valuable commodity I do not take it lightly that you've decided to spend it with us. It is something that I put highest on my list of priorities. Every single episode, I try and make sure that I can give you a return on investment of your time. If I haven't thus far, there are a number of ways that we can help you become the cover model of your life. Firstly, some downloads or our free courses. There are three that have stood the test of time. For those of you who want to lose a little bit of body fat and perform better, you can get our cover model ab guide at covermodelabguide.com. For those of you who want to add a little bit of tissue, a little bit of muscle tissue, and step into that dominant figure in the boardroom, you can go to covermodelhypertrophy.com. And for those of you who want to perform better, 
get a little bit of an edge with some supplementation that's going to help you perform better in the gym, in your career, in the bedroom, you can download our supplement protocol at covermodelsupplementprotocol.com. They're all absolutely free. Furthermore, if you're looking to connect with like-minded individuals, entrepreneurs just like yourself, you can join our community at covermodelcommunity.com. Lastly, and definitely not least, you can jump on a free consultation call with myself, Wade, or the team to see how we can help you either on the call or over the next six, nine, 12 months of your life, helping you to step into that man, that person, that human, that father, that leader that you know that you were born to be. You can do that by jumping on a free call at covermodelconsultation.com. Whatever you guys are doing, I know that you're going to dominate. I know that you were born to dominate. I know you're here to dominate. And I know that that is your life mission. That is your life goal to provide, to look after, to support those loved ones around you. It's all I've ever dreamt of doing for myself, my future family, and I will do whatever I can to help you to do the same. As always, make the most of today. You will not get this day again. Peace.